0: Today on the off-ramp, testimony from a man who was there when a rock and roll legend began.
1: We had to come up with a name, so Jerry pulled out an encyclopedia. We came upon the the name cricket, an insect romantically referred to as making music by rubbing its legs together. (laughs) So the the connotation of music and uh, cricket, it just tied, so we stuck with it. And we used it, and uh, quite frankly,
0: everybody uh, sort of laughed at us. That's Nicky Sullivan, one of Buddy Holly's original crickets. And this is part two of Buddy Holly Remembered. Welcome to The Off-Ramp with Bob Smith. Today we begin part two of our Buddy Holly Remembered special. Buddy Holly, a 22-year-old singer-songwriter, had already inspired legions of would-be rock and rollers around the world, including the Beatles and the Rolling Stones in England, when he died in February of 1959, 60 years ago. He died when his plane crashed just outside of Clear Lake, Iowa, after a performance at the Surf Ballroom. On the 20th anniversary of Holly's death, a new tradition began at the surf. Today, it's called the Winter Dance Party, the name of the original tour that brought Buddy to Iowa 60 years ago. The second year of that event, I met and spoke with Nicky Sullivan, one of Buddy Holly's original guitarists. A reminder, this is a special I put together in 1980 about musicians who had a connection with Buddy Holly. Many have died since that time and those still alive are well into their 70s or mid 80s. But when this feature first aired, they were just entering middle age, as you'll hear in our next segment. You find them almost everywhere. By now, they're mostly
2: middle-aged men. They've become doctors and teachers and businessmen. Almost every profession has them. When you see them in the yard with the kids or shoveling snow, they seem like any other middle-aged men. But there is something different about them. Back in their youth, they wielded the guitars and played the keyboards and pounded the drums in the first wave of rock and roll groups in the 1950's. But for one reason or another, they've almost all settled down by now. They're married, they have homes and families, even grandchildren. And Nikki Sullivan is one of them. Uh, I don't choose to be
1: back into the, the music scene. It's a good business, but it's, I don't want to work that hard.
2: Man, I'm lazy. Nicky Sullivan is special because he was an original member of the great buddy Holly's band the crickets
3: well, be the day when you say goodbye yes,
2: recently spoke with Nikki Sullivan at the Buddy Holly Memorial Celebration in February in Clear Lake, Iowa where Buddy played his final concert in 1959. Sullivan told us how the crickets chose their name back in 1956 and it wasn't because of an insect chirping in their practice room like the Buddy Holly Story movie explained it. No,
3: uh,
2: that's, that's showbiz. Uh, the,
1: tr- the truth, uh, we were at Jerry Allison's uh, home in the bedroom practicing, rehearsing. And uh, we had to come up with a name. So Jerry pulled out an encyclopedia. And the most common usage at the time for names for groups was uh, an insect, bugs, or something to this nature. So we turned to a page in the encyclopedia that listed uh, different uh, insects. And um, the ones that we liked in the beginning had already been used. Um, So uh, we came upon the the name cricket. And uh, if I'm quoting from memory now, uh, a an insect romantically referred to as making music by rubbing its legs together so the, the connotation of music and uh cricket it just tied so we stuck with it and we used it and uh, quite frankly everybody uh sort of laughed at us the fear of being laughed at had already led the band to reject one insect name we chose uh, at one point we chose the word beetle uh without changing the uh present usage uh, but Jerry said, no that's a black bug that you would step on and we we don't want to use that
4: Come alone, be my and be my
2: Sullivan said that the crickets were inspired to record when they heard the song Party Doll. It was done by Buddy Knox, a Texas college student, who recorded the song at a little Clovis, New Mexico studio run by producer Norman Petty. That perked Buddy Holly's interest and Holly went to Clovis to speak with Petty. Now, Buddy went before the crickets had formed. Buddy
1: had uh, gone over in uh, late uh, 56 and had spoken with Norman and Norman liked what he heard and advised Buddy to get a group together. Well, we had already been working together without Joe B. Joe B. Malden had not come to the group yet. Larry Welburn was our bass player. (laughs) So uh, uh, we went back obviously in February and recorded, uh, I understand four songs. I only remember doing two, but I'm told that we did four songs and um, the rest was history,
2: thank goodness. The Cricket's first big hit was That'll Be The Day in 1957. It was released on the Brunswick label. At the same time, Buddy Holly was recording and releasing softer ballads like Peggy Sue and Everyday as a solo artist on the Choral label. It was all a part of Norman Petty's sharp business sense. Sometimes, however, his business ideas were questionable, such as putting his name on the records as co-composer, even though he didn't help write the songs. In the beginning,
1: however, uh, That'll Be The Day, and Peggy Sue were written solely by Jerry Allison and Buddy Holly. However, if you'll look at the records for credits, you'll see that there are another there is another name added. And I don't mean to disparage Mr. Petty. Um, he's a genius. Anybody that can do what he did to take a bunch of kids out of West Texas, not just us, but Buddy Knox, the Rhythm Markets, the Fireballs, the String Alongs, the, the, the list is endless of hits this man has come out with. It's amazing what he did, and he built a studio with his own hands. Uh, the studio he presently has is a theater completely wired by him. And if you can imagine, cables, thousands of cables, uh, all hooked up in that studio, and he did it himself. Uh, the man has to be, he's uh, got to be smart. If you
3: knew Peggy Sue, then you know why I feel blue without Peggy, My Peggy Sue. Oh, well, I love you, Kelly. I love
2: you, baby, Sue. The Buddy Holly records are so tightly put together, so good in their musicianship. We asked Nicky Sullivan if Buddy Holly was as demanding in the studio as the recent movie portrayed him to be. No. There was never, never any uh, pressure
1: to be perfect. Buddy never demanded it of us. I think he did of himself, but not out loud. He tried very hard to do... uh, to do what made him happy. And uh, Norman Petty, our manager, was never pressuring us. Uh, He just more or less let it flow. We just had fun.
3: Oh, well, I love you, gal, and I need you, Peggy Sue.
2: There are only a few film clips of the crickets in existence. One is an appearance on The Ed Sullivan Show in December 1957. If you look at that film, just to the left of Buddy Holly, you'll see Nicky Sullivan on guitar and he remembers that night very well.
1: Oh, very vividly. Um, When you're a a young man from West Texas and uh, you watch the Ed Sullivan Show on TV, you expect to see 3,000 people in the audience with a huge expanse of stage work and lights and cameras and, you know, what goes on in a stage show. When we went to the studio, the front of the studio was no wider than maybe 50 feet. Uh, when we got in it was even smaller w- we just didn't know what to think about all of this and when we went out on stage to set up the uh, the stage was so small it was it was almost cramped and uh, the audience could not have seated more than two, 250, 300 people tops if that so uh, when it came time for us to go on uh, we were apprehensive about it because this is not what we thought the Ed Sullivan Show was we thought it was Giant auditorium. But uh, we went on, we had fun, and uh, loved every minute of it. It also helped our record sales, I might add. Now, from Lubbock, Texas, for all of the youngsters of the country, we bring back the Crickets.
4: Now, Texas boys, do it.
2: Coming up, Nicky Sullivan talks about the breakup of the crickets, why he and others weren't included in the movie, The Buddy Holly Story, and why Nicky Sullivan finally quit the music business.
3: Maybe, baby, I'll have you. Maybe, baby, you'll be true. Maybe, baby, I'll have you for me. It's funny, honey. You don't care. You never listen to my prayer. Maybe, baby, you will love me someday. Well, you are the one that makes me glad, and you are the one that makes me sad. up when someday you want me, well, I'll be there, wait and see. Maybe, baby. Baby, you'll be true Maybe, baby, baby, I'll have you for me Well, you are the one that makes me glad And you are the one that Makes me sad when someday you want me. Will well, I will be there? Wait and see. Maybe, baby, I'll have you. Maybe, baby, you'll be true. Maybe, baby, I'll have you for me. Maybe, baby.
0: You're listening to The Off-Ramp with Bob Smith.
3: I'm gonna tell you how it's gonna be Are you gonna give your love to me I wanna love you night and day You know my love. my
2: love and fade away the original Cricket split up at the end of 1958 and went their separate ways Buddy Holly went on to record as a solo artist while some members of the band went on playing together until the mid-1960s but Nicky Sullivan had quit the group nearly a year earlier and he says there was a very simple reason we were having some friction uh, financial frictions um, among
1: other things but that was that was mainly the reason that I left um, it's a very complicated business, and uh, being young and being extremely tired uh, I, don't, I don't believe I could have made a rational decision if I'd have wanted to, but I decided to leave the group and I've not ever regretted uh, my decision. Uh, I, I miss seeing the guys, I really do, because they're good people. I left the group uh, shortly after the Ed Sullivan Show in 1957 and
2: uh, became a recording artist on my own at one point sullivan's career got a helping hand from the buddy holly family
1: i did do a, a record on um, jubilee label with gene evans uh, we were the call the holly um, buddy's father uh, paid for the sessions and for getting us started uh, through the new york connection that we had with the crickets and it's one of the finest recordings i ever made
3: didn't sell anything (laughs)
2: Sullivan's journey through the music world lasted for another decade and it was marked by more than its share of ups and downs at times he says he became disgusted with the music business with success and then failure and he quit only to start up and try once again so I went to California
1: and uh, tried it out there I tried the smallest clubs in the world and the the dives if you will trying to uh, get my head screwed on right And uh, I was having a a rough time of it. I just could not make myself want to be in show business again. So I quit. I sold my instruments again for a third time. And uh, one night at the um, Palomino Club in Van Nuys, California, or or North Hollywood, excuse me, um, Glenn Campbell and uh, quite a few other stars were giving a benefit show. And uh, this friend uh, got Glenn Campbell off to the side and said, hey, I need you to talk to this man. So we sat down and we talked a good, uh, at least 15 or 20 minutes. And I just told the man, I said, Hey guy, I cannot get up on a stage. I am absolutely shell shocked. I'm frightened to death. I said, Just tell me what to do. And he says, Do it. Just go up there and do it. I said, I can't. And this went back and forth. And he said, Man, I don't know what to tell you. He said, But just get up there and do it. Well, I went home that night and I laid down and I cried. As, as hard as I've ever cried in my life. I really needed help. Two days later, I get a phone call from an, somebody I did not know asking if I would join a group. And uh, I went over that day and we sat down and picked a little and it lasted five years. So in 1967, I said, hey, boy, I'm, this is the way to go. And I was playing at all the top spots in Hollywood. I'd gotten out of my shell and went back to work.
2: The group was called Soul Incorporated, which had several regional hits on the West Coast, in addition to clubs and concerts. It looked like Nicky would spend the rest of his life in the music business after all. But... Then I met my wife. And
1: uh, I immediately fell in love. And I had a choice to make. Well, in fact, we had one and a half dates and got married. The half date, I stood her up for an hour. So... Uh, um, I had a decision to make and I made it. I said, no, this is, I'm not the type of individual who can make a career show business and have a happy family. I just didn't feel I could do it. I still question whether I could or not. I'm too moody. All right,
3: let's have a nice round of applause for Mr. Buddy Holly and the Cricket. Right. <laughs> oh, well, 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 a little baby.
2: What of the movie the buddy holly story if you know buddy holly purely from that film you've never heard of a number of key people in the real life buddy holly story so why did the movie makers leave out people like nikki sullivan they didn't know enough
1: about me john goldrose who originally wrote the book the buddy holly story uh... called me in san antonio and sometime around 72 and told me he was writing this book and he wanted to collaborate with me and get some input and uh, my wife was having, or getting ready to have a set of twins, and uh, we were having some problems. And uh, she delivered prematurely, and we almost lost those kids. And for about uh, 29 days, um, I didn't think of anything else. So I didn't get to to work with John. The book came out, and the producers used the book as a foundation to base the story of the movie. So I'm not mention in that first book too much. So they didn't know enough about me and they figured that they could just leave me out and nobody would, you know, notice or be the wiser. Um, they do now wish that they had have included me. Uh, they've had quite a bit of mail and certain problems over it, but uh, I have no ill feelings. I'm just glad that Buddy got his, his uh, due.
3: Every day, it's a- getting closer, going faster than Roller coaster, love like yours will surely come my way. Every day it's getting faster, everyone says go on up and ask her, love like yours will surely come
4: my way.
2: Despite the inaccuracies in the film, Nikki Sullivan has nothing but praise for the star of the motion picture, Gary Busey. Oh, uh, Outstanding portrayal. Um,
1: if anyone wants to see Buddy Holly today, if they'll just take the time to look at the movie and watch the portrayal, if you knew Buddy, you would swear that Buddy had to have told Gary what to do in that movie because there are so many things that go on in that movie, such as a little thing that nobody would catch.
2: Most people, when when they wear glasses and they scratch their eye, they do it this way. Sullivan illustrated by holding a hand over his cheek and sticking a finger up behind one lens of his glasses. Buddy never did. It was always this way, the fingers in front of the glass.
1: In one scene in the movie, Gary reaches up this way. No, nobody else would have known to do that. It was just, I'm sure, a, a chance of fate, but that's those are little things you pick up. You know, and they, he deserved his award.
2: So now, more than 20 years after the cricket success, where are the other band members? Well, Sonny Curtis is a recording artist and top songwriter with such hits as I Fought the Law and The Law Won and Walk Right Back. And other Crickets are still in the music business too. Jerry Allison, the drummer, and Joe
1: Malden the bass player, are presently on tour with uh, Waylon Jennings. And what about Nicky Sullivan? What does he do? Uh, I don't choose to be back into the, the uh, music scene. It's a good business, but it's I don't want to work that hard. Man, I'm lazy. I admit <laughs> it, you know. I'm a district sales manager for a uh, national stereo company, and uh, I travel the entire state of Kansas and about a third of Missouri, and I work harder now than I did in the music business. And I don't want to work that hard. <laughs> yeah, right.
2: Even though his days as a professional musician are over, for the past two years, Nicky Sullivan has done what he couldn't do on that fateful February 2, 1959. He's gotten up on the stage of the Surf Ballroom in Clear Lake, Iowa, and has performed with other musicians at the Buddy Holly Memorial Tribute Concert. Sullivan is in his 40s now, he looks like you'd expect his high school classmate Buddy Holly to look had he lived. He has dark hair, over the collar and the ears, but still a conservative cut, dark glasses, and of course a bobbing Adam's apple when he talks. How does this man look back on those early years of his life when he and his friends from Lubbock, Texas were on top of the world? Oh, boy. Yeah, that was four college
1: educations for me. Uh, the camaraderie that uh, the fellows that we toured with, the people we were associated with, uh, the crowds that we played to—boy, uh, those are memories that uh, I'll live with a long time. Yeah, I don't regret that at all.
4: So I'm going to try to tell you what really happened. But it's going to be tough to tell a story that long in a song. So I'll just try to relate a few of the high spots. There's so many low. All I got is a song My story's got to end. So here we go We had a good country band And I played the fiddle and Buddy played the guitar And he used to play the banjo song We harmonized like Bill Monroe And the bluegrass boys so Bob wore my hat And played the flat top With his thumb Played them joints and had a lot of fun with the women. We swigged on blue beer and played licks in the sun. We got her picture in the paper with her eyes covered up. They said our music made the kids do sinful stuff. We were crazy back then, but we sure had lots of fun. Then Elvis came along and nobody but just her. Joby played the bass and J.I. played the drums But I grew up and had to go out and make a living. I picked a swim Whitman tour and I wound up on the road And them good old boys began to make some noise around Texas And they got hot as a pistol, I'm picking that rock and roll But that'll be the day came much too soon for Buddy He was a good old boy and he had a good Christian soul He never knocked nobody down in his life He loved us all and he treated us right And you know the levee ain't dry And the music didn't die because Buddy Holly lives every time we play rock and roll.
0: Sonny Curtis, one of the original Crickets and the real Buddy Holly story. Our interview today was with Nicky Sullivan. Described by Wikipedia as one of the four original members of Buddy Holly's backing band, the Crickets. Though he lost interest within a year or two of his involvement, his guitar playing was an integral part of Holly's early success. He performed on 27 of 32 songs that Buddy Holly recorded over his brief career. Nicky Sullivan was 42 years old the day we talked to him. He died in 2004 at the age of 66. Eight years later, in 2012, Nikki Sullivan was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a member of the Crickets. I'm Bob Smith. That's Buddy Holly Remembered. And this has been The Off-Ramp. Well, that's it. Thanks for listening to part two of our Buddy Holly Remembered special here on The Off-Ramp with Bob Smith. We hope you'll join us again next time for more fun. The Off-Ramp with Bob Smith is produced in association with CPL Radio and the Cedarbrook Public Library, Cedarburg, Wisconsin.